Hi everyone and welcome back to the Reading Materials Podcast. My name is Lucia and I'm joined today by my friend Jess. And we are big fans of A Court of Thrones and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. So we've been doing a deep dive into the series and we have reached the end of our journey. So please, Jess, for those who don't know, what's the spoiler warning for today? The spoiler warning is everything from chapter... 60 to 80, which is kind of like two-thirds to the last part of the book. Mm-hmm. And a quick recap of the story so far. So this is Nesta's book primarily, and it's all about her mental health recovery journey and training to become a Valkyrie, as well as her relationship with Cassian. She's made some friends along the way, namely Gwyn and Emery. And we left the gang at the end of the previous episode with Nesta, Gwyn, and Emery having just completed the qualifying round for the Blood Rite for the Illyrian warriors. And her and Cassian had just declared their feelings for each other and promised that they would be together forever. And there's been the ongoing story of Feyre's pregnancy and those issues that the baby has wings and her body is not equipped to carry the baby to full term or to give birth to it safely. So Resand and Feyre have been trying to see, is there a way that they can make sure that Feyre survives the birth? So that's where we left off. And yeah, this is the last part of the book. I'm really excited that we've we've gotten here. So... I think the first thing maybe to talk about is I'm curious how you felt about the official revelation that Nesta and Cassian are mates. We have discussed this before. I didn't like the way in which it was revealed. Okay, can you tell us more? I don't know if I can tell you more because I just realized that I I had thought that at the time when I read it. I didn't Mm -hmm. like the way it was revealed. It was not very... Okay, basically everything about their relationship is the two of them, like, making goes at one another in a friendly way. And this felt like just that again. They were both making such progress. Mm -hmm. The bomb is dropped in, like, the worst possible way. Classic Cassian. And then they both have, like, a a stupid, like, mini, like, oh, well, you know, I was going to swear. So I need to think of where he said it. They basically have, again, a go at one another and then storm off and Nesta banishes him via the curse. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that, like, it would have been nice if they had both, since they've both really grown as people, just been straight with one another. Mm. I thought they were there. Yeah, I thought so too. It did feel a little bit like one step forward, two steps back for no No reason other than random reason. drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could kind of understand Nesta's reasoning because she's saying she doesn't really want to accept the concept of them being mates because it's the final straw in her completely losing her humanity and fully accepting that she is now high fae. Like, okay, fine. Also, it's like you get that, but still it's completely undeniable. Like it's been, Mm. it's been sauce for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And Cassian's whole... That we're chained, that I'm chained to you now. It's like, oh, Cassian, where did that come doing? from? Like, like, yeah, exactly. I didn't like that. It was no, so out either. of nowhere. He's never felt like that. Yeah, it felt kind of out of character. Like it felt like she just put that in there because she needed them to be apart 
so that Nesta could then be taken to the blood rite. But yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think they've grown enough as a couple that they should have been able to have that conversation. Instead, it read like Feyre's reaction when her and Reese, when she found out that they are mates, you know, she. Yeah, no, it wasn't in that kind of scenario at all. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I didn't really like that scene on the bridge. And I also didn't really like that they remained apart for the whole duration of the blood rite. Like, the reasoning just felt really weak. That we have these ancient laws, nobody can come in. (laughs) It was pretty weak. I'm sure, like, if Cassian were to go in, he could probably get in and out without being seen, so... Or yeah, or or he could have just been there to help her. What's, what's the like, punishment? Even if he can't take her out, is there a rule against... Give her her magic yeah, weapons. Yeah, is there a rule against him just following her around, flying and getting rid of enemies? Who would know? That's a really good point, but I think that counts as interfering, which is explicitly outlawed. And yet they had the weapons, which was external interference and... But it was by Brylin. I know. Brylin? What are what are we calling her? Brylin or Brylin? I think... I was going with Brylin, but now I say it out loud, I'm not sure. I think Brylin. Brylin. I don't actually know what I've been calling her up to this point. <laughs> we can go with Brylin. I feel like Brylin is, is more correct. I don't think it really matters. But I hadn't been reading it that way in my mind. Okay, we'll go with Brylin then. So, you said that the right was exciting, but kind of a dumb plot point tell us more okay obviously getting kidnapped in the middle of the night classic plot point Mm -hmm. for something to happen next obviously it's a very good cliffhanger i didn't like it for so many reasons though as a plot point like as if devlon doesn't want to be anywhere near nesta and suddenly you tell me it's okay for people to go near her touch her put the what i can only assume is chloroform Mm -hmm. where's that come from Mm -hmm. on a tissue against everyone to to knock them out but also if you were doing that you would go chloroform first and then grab the person so already that's you know that's a bit poor there didn't need to be screaming and hysterics if they were going to kidnap them they could have just done it anyway they arrive look the ride is is great it's it's well it's not that great but it's good the middle half of the book was far better the ride is okay Anyway, there's a lot of personal growth moments. There's the gang, the trio, a lot of exciting stuff. You know, they all risk it all for each other because they're best friends and they've got the magic charm. It's great. The Anelius Pass moment, the part where Nesta shoots the arrow like in Mulan and Gwyn jumps. Great. That was really fun. But then you get to the end. What's her name? Emery and Gwyn go up to the top. They get teleported out. Nesta fights Bellius. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's doing it to save them. Right. We get that. Cassian arrives and it then kills him and then blah 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 and then Brielle arrives and then it's kind of like an anime moment she just monologues for ages <laughs> and her reasons are really bad she's like oh I created this uh, I interfered with this primitive circus or whatever she calls it this primitive spectacle I don't know I liked her wording on that but then her plot is so boring she monologues for ages She's like, oh, I put you in here to make you tired. Even though the part of Nesta that is of most danger to Brylin is her magic, of which she has not used for almost a week. And the whole thing, Reese is like, oh, I need to constantly use my magic or it's going to explode. 
So theoretically, Nesta should be like on the brink of exploding with power the minute the ride ends. Brylin arrives five minutes until like the big moment. So all Nesta has to do is fight Cassian at a maximum of a couple of minutes. Obviously, Cassian is excellent, but he's been training her. So she knows a bit about his style. And it's absolutely not five minutes. It's like one because she was fighting Bellius until the countdown. So really, she has to fight Cassian for less than one minute before she gets her full power back, at which point we kind of know she can do anything. Anyway, it doesn't even come to that because Cassian has this self-sacrificing moment, which I liked because that was nice. That was like he was fighting through it all and he he sacrificed himself to save her. But then Brylin's like, oh, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And Nessa just kills her dead instantly. And it's like, what was the point of all of that? If, if oh, I just don't like it. I think it makes no sense. It's, it's a really weak way to get to where we're going. It's really forced. I don't know. What do you think? So also, sorry the- for my monologue. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, in terms of the right and them getting to the right, the way that I understood it, I didn't feel like Devlin had anything to do with Emery, Gwyn. And- Maybe I assumed it was him. Yeah, the way that I understood it was that... But they're not liked. So if you were the troop sent to get them, why not just kill them in the moment? Why even bother bringing them to the right if you're only going to kill them when they get there anyway? Because they're being controlled by Brylin. That was my understanding. Like, the people who actually took Gwyn, Nesta, and Emery, I think, are under the control of Brylin. It's Bellius and his gang, is how I understood it. So it's not that they went there on the orders of Devlin. But only, like, the chief can... Only, the like, the chiefs of the clan or whatever gain this power so it can't be okay it can be bellius but it has to then be also bellius has informed well, unless the superior Kosh- and they're well, all in on didn't it koshai also helped so maybe koshai was the one who gave them the power to winnow ah because yeah. he can winnow people so maybe they just knocked I them out so. and then winnowed them i never considered it that way at least that's a good point that that would make sense to me because i genuinely i don't feel like devlin had anything to do with this like he was I think I assumed because I didn't consider anything alternative. Yeah, I know he was there at the end of the previous section and he saw them completing like the the trial or whatever it was so that they could qualify for the mm. blood rite, but I don't think he would have you know, I think that's a step too far in the rebellion against Cassian and Reese to take Cassian's mate a member of the inner circle yeah. and thrust her into the blood rite. I don't think he would have done that. <laughs> thrust her in. <laughs> okay. Okay, related. What do you feel about the fact that they basically just found out that they'd been completing past entry circuits or whatever, mm-hmm. and then literally they arrived into the right? Do you think that was a bit on the nose or you liked it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> like, I think we talked about this. Like, they've been training for a handful of months. <laughs> so yeah. how are they actually physically capable of killing all of the Fae, all of the Illyrians that they are killing, who have been training since they were children yeah. for this blood rite. I don't buy it. Like, as as much as I appreciate how badass Emery and Gwyn and Nesta are, I don't buy it. I don't think that they would be able to do the stuff that they did. Me either. And I think that the book actually would have been improved by not having that, that factor into it. It would have been more frightening to consider them transported into the right and we we have nothing to judge their skill against now we're like okay Mm. 
as unbelievable as it is that they pass those tests, mm-hmm. at least they're up to the, st- the standard of everyone around them. Yeah. But it would have been even better to truly have no idea where they stand. Yeah, because I also, it's just so convenient that they managed to make it all the way to the end with... Oh, it's so convenient. Where barely anybody have made it before. Exactly, exactly. And like all the beasts that are apparently killing the soldiers by the dozen. The beasts. I want to know so much about these beasts. They're forever being mentioned and and they're enormous, huge paw prints and they growl and they eat people out of the trees. I want to know so much about these. Yes, beasts. but what was the reasoning that Gwyn made that they're, because they're not Illyrians, they can't smell them or something? Like that doesn't make any sense. This, yeah, that was that was really, um, yeah, that didn't hold weight at all. I was, I read that and I kind of made the mental note of this is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, like, like you said, I like Nesta and Gwyn and Emery working together as a team. You know, trying to find each other helping each other, sharing their past traumas with each other. So actually, we, you know, we get the... That part was so sad, but beautiful in yeah. in what it did for them. Yeah, exactly. So, But yeah, really shocking. Yeah, all of that I really appreciated. Everything else around it. I The one thing I did like was the one male who helped Nesta. Yeah, I hope we see him later because obviously this was for political reasons. I hope this comes in later and it becomes the favorite he gains power with or something and Nesta mm-hmm. recognizes, oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. Otherwise, because... like what? Why did you do that? Yeah, because it's nice to get the reminder that not all Illyrians are brutes. They're not Illyrian. All... <laughs> exactly. They're not all so horrible. Like it's it's statistically impossible that they would all be awful. Yeah. So it was nice to have at least one person willing to help them in some way. So that I liked. <sighs> the end of the rite, when they're at the like near the end of the mountain and it's just the final pass that they have to make it through, and Nesta decides to stay behind. I appreciate the sacrifice that she's making. I do question, however, if it was necessary. Like I have the feeling they would have made it. I don't feel like yeah. If her they had both behind. carried Gwyn, yeah, yeah, I don't... it probably would have been more or less fast enough. Yeah, exactly. Or couldn't Nesta have like kicked some rocks down? Yes, from a bit higher. Yeah, maybe they could have. Yeah, all the same, it was a really good part. <laughs> oh no, it was it was great, and again, it was nice to have Nesta, you know, prove her worth and everything, and and gain that self confidence as well. So again, I appreciate what it does for her character. I just question the how necessary it was if it wouldn't have made more sense to just climb a bit faster and escape. But then obviously you wouldn't have cast the big Cassian scene and everything. In terms of the end of Brylin as a villain, it's kind of my feelings are kind of the same as yours. Like you Sarah J. Mast is building them up as these villains. She did the same with the bone carver and the Yeah. The Weaver. At least the Weaver got a bit she made a bit more progress before she eventually went poof. But. Yeah, but again, they they get finished off too easily, I feel. Yeah. It but... seems like Brylin had no actually no power beyond that which she gained from the cauldron. Like once yeah. she couldn't control Nesta and Nesta had her power, it was just like poof. 
no effort. Yeah, I suppose maybe it's not fair to then compare her to the weaver or the bone carver because technically she was just a human who became a high fae. She was she wasn't a death god or anything. Yeah, she just had the ability of manipulating people. That was With it. The crown. Yeah, yeah. Well, even before, but also enhanced by the crown. Yeah. How did you feel about that whole thing about them kidnapping Eris and then Cassian and Azriel have to go chase after him. Oh, that was just a time-filling exercise, wasn't it, in the plot? Mm. It was not... There was no point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she, if she was that great, she could have kidnapped Cassian from somewhere else, anywhere. Like, it really didn't have to be so elaborate and silly. Yeah, it felt pretty weak. It felt like, okay, we need to get Cassian and Azriel away from, as far away from Nesta as possible, because if he stays in Valaris or you know, in Prithian, he's definitely going to try and go after her. So we need to give him some task so he's far away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Agreed. I didn't really like it. The self-sacrifice scene for Cassian. I mean, it was nice. I think I liked that part. I think, you know, it, it demonstrates maybe like the strength of their mating bond is is stronger than even the power of a made object, I guess, is what we're going with. Which I like. Yeah. But isn't there also, well, okay, the mate concept exists in, uh, what are the other ones, Throne of Glass, and it's mentioned there that literally the mate would do anything mm-hmm. other than kill their mate. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's following the same logic. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that's expressly said in this series. No, I don't think so. But they are kind of her own rules, so yeah. maybe she's following that. So yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the rite itself. Overall, exciting. Like, it had really exciting mm-hmm. parts, but some were a bit flimsy, I think. Agreed. I wonder if we will come back to it in the next book, if Reese will do some kind of, you know, internal investigation, if Devlin had anything to do with it, or if it really was just Koshai and Brylin. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, it makes me question how much power does Reese actually have if he can't even change the laws? If it takes that long for them even to try and convince the Illyrians that yes, females can also train, then he he's obviously not all-powerful High Lord. I think it's just because they have so much, let's say, bargaining power because they are the true might and advantage of his army and they know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what they have over him. It's obviously he has the power, but they have the numbers. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You might be right. How did you feel about Nesta's apology to Amran? At the very end. No. No, at at Starfall. Yes. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I think it was... Okay, when she went... She went down on one knee or something, didn't she? Or two knees or whatever. Which I thought was, first of all, overly formal. But then I realized actually just her truly trying to show respect for the first time in apology. Mm Mm-hmm. Like she open like she doesn't even ask Amon to leave the room with her and she publicly openly is like, I messed up, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Here we are, and and I'm openly admitting that as like I'm I'm not that person anymore. I liked it, and I liked that Amon just like lifted her up mm-hmm. and was like, Yeah, come on, let's Yes we can or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what she says. Yeah, she... but I liked it. I'm glad that they were got back onto their kind of back on ter- good terms and moving in the direction of friendship again. Okay, I feel slightly more negative towards that scene. I didn't like the fact that it was so formal. It felt a bit too over the top. It didn't feel. I I do agree with that. 
But yeah. I think ultimately it came down to the fact that it was just an overt display of respect where mm-hmm. there had been a huge, huge breach of it mm-hmm. before, and not only once. Yeah, it just didn't feel like something that Nesta would necessarily do. It didn't feel within her character. I, I, hmm. But it had to be to show that it, she has grown. Yeah, but I feel like even if she had just apologized, it would have already been so different to anything that she had done before. I would have, okay. you know, I would have liked it enough, even if she had just apologized without getting down on one knee. What about in the context of, as they're no longer friends, mm-hmm. Amran is second. Yeah. Even in that capacity, she should approach her with a certain level of formal respect before at least trying to get back into her friendship book. Because in that moment, they're absolutely not friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, you raise a good point, but I personally didn't like it. But I, I mean, I like that they, you know, um, had that moment and they had that talk and Nesta did apologize and acknowledge her previous negative behavior. That I liked. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like how it was executed. So I feel that's, I feel like that's my problem with the, the last part of the book. Like, I like <laughs> the idea. I like where we end up, but the execution, not so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay neutral for now. <laughs> Cool. I thought of another thing actually about the right at the end when Brylin tells Cassian to kill, obviously meaning he's supposed to yeah. kill Nesta, and he decides to try and kill himself. Why didn't he try and kill Brylin? Like the reasoning was because Maybe. she wasn't so specific. As in- well, I mean, she was making him do it. I'm sure it was more. It was requiring. Enormous amounts of mental strength already to kill himself and disobey the order, but to disobey it so far that you kill the issuer, mm-hmm. I think that would be really hard. Okay. I mean, spoken as someone who has never been under mind control, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought of something else too. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, uh, after the big drama moment, Nesta meets Brylin and Gwyn at the house. Why would they have ended up there? Like the reasoning, oh, the cauldron brought us to where we were needed. That neither of them have ever set foot on that part of the map. Mm-hmm. And the house just, uh, not the house, the the rock, let's, the porky, let's call it, just sent them there. Before Nesta even arrived. Yeah. Makes no sense. Anyway, yes. let's continue. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. <laughs> In any case, so Nesta... Gets all her power back as soon as the right finishes, and she explodes at Brylin because she thinks Cassian is dead, and she unmakes her, basically, is how I understood it. She takes back all the time, and then she just burns her to That was crazy, wasn't it? Which was intense. And then, obviously, Cassian is not dead. That was probably Nesta's most powerful moment. Yeah, I like that. To that point. Yeah, I like that part. And Cassian is not dead. He didn't even stab himself or anything. He somehow managed to stop himself just before the knife would have pierced his flesh. He saw he had a bendy knife or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they have their whole, yes, I am your mate. I accept that I'm your mate kind of moment. And then Moore and Asriel arrive and we find out that there's something wrong with Feyre. Yeah, also they didn't need to both arrive. Sorry, say again? They didn't need to both arrive. It could have been just one of them. It could have, yeah, because 
Like, but for added drama, both had to arrive. Yeah, because I guess they just needed to winnow them back to Valeris, right? Yeah, and both of them are, as far as I'm aware, able to do such a thing, to carry two yeah. people and to travel long distance. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, the next part, I'm going to be quite careful here and include a trigger warning because it can be upsetting for some listeners. So, the next part is our discussion about Feyre and the end of her pregnancy. It is a very traumatic scene and can be quite triggering for people. So if anyone wants to pause now and come back, we will have the moments in the show notes if you want to skip this part. So more and Asriel and Nesta and Cassian arrive at the house. Not the house, but like the new townhouse that Feyre and Rhysan have built. And Feyre has gone into early labor. The baby isn't supposed to be born for another two months, I think. And things are not going well. She has a lot of bleeding and everyone is panicking because, as we said in the recap, the baby has wings. Feyre anatomically is not able to deliver the baby. And there is the risk that she will die, that the baby will die. And because of the bargain that she made with Reese, that Reese would also die. So before I go on my mini rant, because I, I have a lot of thoughts, I'm curious, mm -hmm. what did you think of this section of the book? I didn't like it as a plot point. Mm -hmm. I know I've said this before, but I thought it was a bit, a bit distasteful. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the point is, yeah, as you've said, Fair can't bear the baby. It's early pregnancy. Everyone's surprised. Anyway, they arrive to the room and Fair is like... She's not about to die, but she's pretty damn close. Mm -hmm. Okay, things are desperate. And I don't like that we had to go there. I just think it's really distasteful. It's really like, okay, from a, like, and especially from a woman writer, a mother already, she had to know that was so, like, not only frightening, but really traumatic thought mm -hmm. for her readers, many of whom, possibly most of whom, are women. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was really insensitive to begin with. Okay, we arrive first about to die from this pregnancy, which we've has been like haunting the entire undertone of the book. Mm -hmm. We arrive here, and is it serious? Like she couldn't think think of a single other plot point in which Nesta had to interfere and give back some of her power. Like she couldn't think of a single plot point other than this, mm -hmm. in which to get the events to where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. I think those are my primary thoughts. Mm -hmm. When you say you think it's distasteful and insensitive, you mean the actual inclusion of such a scene, or the fact that she didn't warn her readers that such a scene was present in the book beforehand? Including it is not a problem. It's the fact that she used it as a cheap plot point. Mm -hmm. And like you said, she didn't warn anything. I think it wasn't approached with the the amount of respect or caution mm -hmm. that it should have been. It was just like thrown in. Mm -hmm. This is an equivalent plot point to any other. Like I feel like when Nesta, Emery and Gwyn were on the mountain and there was this discussion of how she of how Gwyn had been raped. That was treated with a lot of reverence and it had been throughout the book. Mm -hmm. 
it's a very serious thing. It affects people and it's something people carry with them. Like it's it's a life-altering traumatic event. Mm-hmm. And this emergency pregnancy sort of like ultimately fatal pregnancy, which we've known for some time, was kind of treated, it was, I just felt it wasn't treated correctly Mm -hmm. because she showed us that she could be very sensitive, very careful, very, just approaching it very differently. And then I think she approached the pregnancy just not well at all in comparison. I agree. I have thought lot long and hard about what I want to say on this topic you know the reasons why. But when I first read this book, this book came out in February of 2021, and it was only four months after I had had to undergo an emergency C-section in the hospital, which ultimately saved my life. So it was quite triggering for me to read this and to not know about it beforehand that this would be included in the book. So it was really upsetting to read about it at that time. Reading about it now, you know, it's been three years. My mindset is completely different. I am looking at it differently. But I still think that if nothing else, a trigger warning or a content warning should have been at the beginning of the book. She didn't have any of that. She doesn't have anything. There was also domestic violence, like there was nothing mentioned. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we She can, really should. Yeah. I don't know when the whole thing about content warnings started, but it I know it hasn't been around for, for that long. But this came out two years ago. People were already exactly. including content warnings two years ago. Exactly. And she's such a mainstream author. Yeah. Like these are these books are gonna be arriving to a lot of people. What like even you can't like okay, she writes the book ultimately, but there's the editor, there's the publisher. This goes through numerous hands and nobody thought, let's just throw in an extra page with the trigger warning so that mm-hmm. people don't arrive at these big topics yeah, and be ambushed by them. So, yeah, that's my first issue. The second issue is the whole concept, and we've talked about this before and I'm sorry to keep going on about it, but I just <laughs> hate it. The concept that we... She's created this fantastical world, right? Where magic exists. Characters are regularly brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently Cassian literally had his guts hanging out. Yes. Like his intestines. Exactly. Outside from his body. Yep. Which isn't, it's not that different. Exactly. <laughs> from yeah. a and C-section. He survived that and he was fine within he a couple of days. He was walking in like three days. Exactly. And, but the concept of a C-section is just unheard of in this in this world. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. It's frustrating. I even <laughs> sorry. I did a little research because we talked about. She mentions lactic acid. <laughs> I'm laughing remember? at this lactic acid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if someone listens to this and doesn't get to this part of why we're laughing, they're gonna think I'm being so horrible, just <laughs> laughing randomly. But on the notes, I can see Lucy is going for about talked about lactic acid <laughs> and yes. milk. I'm sorry. You know, I we don't want to make light of the topic. That's absolutely not our intention. This is just from from my own point of reference. I wanted to know. She includes the concept of lactic acid in this book, which we already discussed as a... <laughs> and they don't even have an apothecary. Like, how did she come up with the science to put this, of all things, into the book? Like, so they know mm-hmm. that lactic acid exists. 
In terms of like it's human crazy. history, <laughs> lactic acid was first isolated from milk in 1780 and discovered in mussels in 1808. I mean, the face civilization is, is like thousands of years old. So maybe scientifically they're quite advanced, but we never see any sign of it before. Exactly. But like, so if they... thing about the, the girl was going to make the tonic for the anti-fey powder, but like, again, that was like, where is this coming from? We've never seen anything to indicate such scientific progress. And another thing. So they have a contraceptive potion, right? So they have that. Yeah, and every, males and females. That exists. Lactic acid, we know what that is. But C-section, no, too far. And I mean... No, not at all. It's crazy. It's just nonsense. Like, it's... The last half of the book is so cobbled together. I don't... I don't really like it. Yeah. So... Not the last half, sorry. The last third. Because the pre... The middle third is really good. Yeah. So... But this part is just... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So my final thing that I always want to say, and I think you you said this as well, and rightly so, this is such an important topic that can be so upsetting for so many people who have gone through something like this. If you're going to include it in your book, which I fully accept, I think it's important to talk about, I think it's important to include it so that people are aware that these things happen, but if you're going to do it, treat it with the respect that it deserves and do it justice. Don't just put it in for less than 10 pages as a throwaway thing that's happening to one of your main characters that you've spent building up for five books and it's not going to seem to have any lasting effects. It's just a way for her sister to give up her powers and sacrifice a part of herself to save somebody else. It, To me, it really cheapened it and the... Uh, sorry... The only way that I can accept this plot line being used the way that it is is if she's trying to make some sort of comment about like the general sexism of Prithian and like women's health care and how it's treated even in the real world. But even so, it's I think that's a reach. Yeah. That's a, that's just me trying to find some way to accept why it was written the way that it was. But mm. You know, as someone who has gone through something similar, it felt disrespectful to mm -hmm. what I have gone through and to what a lot of women around the world go through every day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. In terms of, again, what it does for Nesta's character, that's like a whole other <laughs> discussion. I don't know how you feel about the fact that she had to give up her power. I wish she didn't have to because I wanted her to remain this awesomely powerful being. Me too. But I'm intrigued to understand what of her power remains. Because, I mean, she essentially just, like, vaporized Brylin. If she still has even a fraction of that, that seems impressive. But I wish she didn't have to give it up. Hmm. It was like her sole thing was everyone is terrified of her because of all her power. And then Cassian wasn't afraid. He saw her, blah, blah, blah. They're mates. And then you're like, for what? Now she... She just give all that up. Mm. I mean, it's a bit annoying in that regard, but obviously in that scenario, anyone would make the same decision. Yes, but again, I like where we ended up. I don't like the execution, you know? I, I like what it yeah. does for Nesta's character growth, the fact that she, you know, acknowledges everything that Feyre has done for her and her own guilt over never expressing her gratitude towards Feyre or telling her that she loves her. All of that, mm -hmm. great. You know, very moving scene between the two of them. Love it. 
But how? why did we have to get there the way that we did? And it just felt so rushed. It's overly contrived. So rushed. Yeah, like, wasn't the, oh my God, the ride was so long. It was unnecessarily long. And then we rushed through that in like eight pages or something. And again, I felt like, did you get the feeling that when Reese is lunging at Nesta, it's because he's afraid she's going to hurt Feyre? Like, Feyre is already on the brink of death. Yeah, like, that's so horrible. I was like, oh my god, Reese, like... <sighs> get a grip. Like, okay, I know that probably that's just his first instinct automatically if someone moves with such speed towards her, but still, come on. Did he seriously think Nesta was going to hurt her? Any more than she's... Like, she was five breaths away from dying like she was already cut open the baby yep. wasn't breathing i mean it was as horrible as the situation could get and he still thinks that nesta what, what did he actually think that nesta was gonna do yeah I, i'm so so annoyed in any case obviously everything thankfully goes well nesta uses the harp well, she, I think she uses all of the dread troves all together to become like to know what she was doing with the crown though i think she just had it on for the sake of having all three on. I think maybe it's supposed to represent that when the three objects are brought together, the, that's when you have like the ultimate power over death, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, again, back to Harry Potter, it's like the, the Deadly Hallows, it, it makes yeah. one, one becomes master of death, you know? Yeah. I think that was the sole purpose, because otherwise, what was she going to convince Fair not to die? Like, uh, it makes no sense. I think it just had to be because, so that she could become this powerful being to commune with the powers that be. Mm. So she uses the harp, she plucks the final chord, and she... That was cool. Ultimately stops time, or like can control time, and then she makes a yep. bargain with the cauldron, right? Yes. To give her the knowledge how to save Feyre's life in exchange for her returning whatever it is that she took from the cauldron in the first place. Yes. So that was pretty epic. Like, she's talking to the cauldron. Agreed. Do you think... Okay, the cauldron gave Elena a gift. Mm -hmm. I think we can assume it would have given Nesta a gift. Then she also stole from it. So now that she gave back her the power she stole, does she have a new power, which is the gift that was lying underneath all that she had stolen? Or is it still within the same category of thing? That's I... her power. But she amplified it or she's a different power? I don't think that the cauldron would have necessarily given her a gift at all. I think that was supposed to, at least the way that I read it, it was just another example of... Oh, Elaine is so lovely. <laughs> of how, yes, exactly. Isn't Elaine so lovely that, okay, we're going to turn her into High Fae, which is obviously horrible against her will. So we'll give her like an apology gift here. Here's Be your Only new because she's so nice. <laughs> yes, only because she cares about her flowers and she's so peaceful. But Nesta, Maybe. Nesta is nasty, so Nesta's not going to get a gift. I don't think so. I don't think the cauldron would have given her anything. <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe maybe it did now in return. I don't know. Do you think she's still going to have death powers now that she gave that back? Or what do you think's happening? She has the, the same power but reduced? Or I don't think power? she has the death power anymore. I think she has a new link with the mother, whatever that is. At least that's how I understood it, that... The mother is kind of on her side and stepped in and I don't fully understand what the mother did, but I think that's... Give her wider hips also. <laughs> Do you think that she'll still be able to make magic weapons? 
I think she will. I hope she will. I think she's still going to be special. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Because I really don't want this to turn into Feyre and Reese are the only ones who are allowed to have any kind of power and everybody else just falls back in line. I actually foresee Nesta having a great storyline, though. I hope she has a really good power. I really hope so. But I foresee her also as becoming a great warrior. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that will be her ultimate journey, that she will be a true Valkyrie. I hope she has the power to still make weapons because I don't know if that was necessarily a part of her death powers or if... Mm. That also works really well with the warrior storyline. Yeah, exactly. Storyline, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope that's where we go. But again, the fact that she now changed her anatomy and changed Feyre's anatomy and presumably also Elaine's anatomy... I was thinking about Elaine as well. (laughs) Again, it kind of cheapens it. Like, so, oh yeah, we have this magic thing yeah. that can now apparently change the way that our bodies work so that we can have these Illyrian babies instead of, you know, working towards maybe finding another actual solution for all the other women who might have trouble in the future. No, no, just the three of us because yeah. we're special. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, it's ultimately never going to be about the other women. Like if, if this was... If this was how things were approached in this scenario, I think it's not really about helping all the other women in that regard. I think the older women weren't really considered. No, not at all. So yeah, and then we kind of reached the end. So the baby is called Nyx. Yeah, it's a happy ending. Like nothing happens. It's just yeah, it's it kind end. of ties it up quite nicely. Even though there are still books to come, but you know the final scene is. No, actually, before the final scene, I really like how Nesta, Nesta and Cassian have the conversation. Nesta's like, "I really want to have a really extravagant wedding." Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're gonna do this, and then the thing of like, oh, but it was so cringe. The thing of like, Grace was giving her gifts every other day because he doesn't know anything about her. He doesn't know how else to show his gratitude. So he's just buying extraordinary gifts every day. It was ridiculous. But I like that they got to keep the house. Yeah, me too. And I like the, well, if you don't want an extravagant wedding, then have this old biscuit. Yeah, I like that, that as funny. well. It was very, it's classic pragmatic nest sort of. Yeah, like, I'm not going to well, cook for you. So here's, here's, a here's a biscuit if this is what you need. Yeah. And then finally they go to their father's grave and... You have that final scene of, I guess, Nesta telling her father she loved him and everything. They go off into the sunset happily. More or less. Is there anything else in terms of the storyline that we didn't discuss that you want to bring up? I think we got it all. I mean, really not not a lot happened. Mm. There was the right, the pregnancy, frightened scene, and that was it, really. Mm. The only one we didn't mention really is Eris and how his storyline got wrapped up. His storyline sucked. Mm. Disappointing. Even if Cassian was like, okay, I see that you're maybe not a terrible person after all, but still, it, Eris's storyline sucked. Yeah, I, I expected a lot more from his character. I'm hoping will he? I'm hoping he'll be back in the next two books and that he'll have a bigger role to play. But in this one, it was disappointing. Potential future speculation mm-hmm. conversation. In Crescent City, the Autumn mm-hmm. King. His power is more like... So Baron... No, the Autumn King is more like the power of Baron's wife, right? 
than Baron himself. I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. because they can both make fire, can't they? I don't remember what the Autumn King can do, to be honest. I don't know. But from what I vaguely remember, Baron's wife has like special Autumn Court mm-hmm. powers. And she kind of came from somewhere a bit, not obscure, but kind of like the equivalent of, uh, you know, from the mountains where there's old ancient power sort of stuff. Did you, did you have that vibe? Maybe. I have few memories or thoughts about... Okay. Well, I, we'll, we'll discuss it again in the future, I'm sure. But I think mm-hmm. Rune, his mother was specifically chosen because she came from the people who dwelled in the mountains and had an ancient, rare, fair power. Uh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. This rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Potential future mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, might be. I obviously we need to reread Crescent City for me to remember, but yeah. So, in that case, I guess we can wrap it up. So, the last thing: what are your final thoughts and star rating? My final thoughts on the book: I enjoyed it more this time than the first read by a lot. But I realized that primarily the f- the middle third of the book is the absolute best. The first drags a bit and the end actually has the opposite problem. It all happens too quickly and it kind of makes mm-hmm. no sense, mm-hmm. really. Like if we look closely, the whole thing falls apart. But I was happy to sit down and read it ultimately, which I think informs me really that I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I'm the same. I enjoyed it. I was hesitant. I was... I didn't know if I would like it as much as I liked it the first time around. But if anything, I think I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a little bit more. A lot of stuff I'd forgotten. A lot of things that I didn't like the first time, I was a bit maybe a bit more forgiving this time around. So overall, it was a very enjoyable experience reading this book again. And I originally gave it four stars. I'm not going to go up to five. But I am going to go up to four and a half because I've decided we can do half stars. So four and a half is what I'm going to give it this time. This isn't good reading. Exactly. You can make a half star. Exactly. How about you? I'm going to stick with four. Cool. That's fair. Ultimately, I think the love and friendship storyline was a bit, it was pushed a bit too hard. There were too many cringe moments. Like like you said, I appreciated where we where we arrived, but maybe I didn't like how we got there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... The plot of the book ultimately was a bit... Yeah, the plot itself felt a bit weak, but the whole journey that Nesta's character goes through, I thought, was very powerful. Agreed. I think... I don't know how you are as a reader, but I think I can be more forgiving of the plot if I think the character development is really good. So, in this case, the fact that the plot was weak Mm, in places... Yeah, I mean, she has to have at least one of the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but... I also feel like, you know, the plot can be great, but if I don't connect with any of the characters, I probably won't enjoy the book as much. So if it has both, amazing. But how how rarely does that happen? So yeah. Alrighty. Well, we have reached the end of our Accord of Thrones and Roses journey. The end. <laughs> For it's now, been a while. It's been a while. It's been six months that we've been doing this. So it's impressive. It is impressive. Well, not for you because you've been doing this for years, but <laughs> but still, it is impressive. Mm-hmm. That's the end of our journey through A Court of Thrones and Roses for now. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for having me. We will talk soon. 
there are other things coming up with, with you on the podcast, but we will tease those a little bit later. Sure thing. But you have not heard the last of Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about us and the podcast, visit our website at readingmaterialspodcast.com. We also publish additional content, including blog posts around the world of books and our thoughts on the topic. If you'd like to get in touch, email us at reading.materials.podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at readingmaterialspod. Until next time, keep reading.